set wide. Now centering pass. They score. The comeback is on. The Maple Leafs are down five to one, and Willie Nylander has scored. Set up there by Austin Matthews. Tavares in. Got the pass in front of the goal. Scores. What a move between the legs from Mitch Marner. And don't look now. It's five to two. Now to McCabe and the shot. Scores. He gets a rebound. Far side. Matthews scores. Don't look now. One fifteen to go, and they're down a goal. Matthews had a great chance. Centering pass. They score. They score! Holy back and Austin Matthews has scored! The game is tied! The comeback complete! Tied at five! This is unbelievable! Alright, you can look now. Uh, fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. We don't need to hear the overtime call. Irrelevant! Yeah, who cares? At least get December. a point. Yeah, uh, 100% agree with you. Oh, oh, but before we get into what was an incredible, like, out of nowhere comeback yesterday for the so Toronto fun. Maple Leafs. But not, the not out of nowhere, as always, because it's always lurking with sure. this Leafs team. Yeah. Sure. I, I, I have a semantics question for you. Oh, please. Because please, Joe please, Bowen please. on that call said the comeback is now complete. Sure. When the Leafs tied the game up. So I used to work in the highlight you did part of Sportsnet, mm-hmm. right? Like behind the scenes back in the day, making highlight packs, cutting packs, writing scripts for anchors to yeah. read in, in the highlight shows, sure. which was then Sportsnet connected. And I got into a real tete-a-tete with mm-hmm. an anchor back in the day that shall not be named right okay. now, because I did what Joe Bowen did in the script, wrote the comeback complete, right? At the point at which the game was tied, mm-hmm. the anchor came back to me and said, the comeback is not complete until the team that was coming back takes the lead and then wins the game. Your thoughts. False. When is the comeback complete? False. I will accept that if the Leafs took a one nothing lead, fell behind 5-1, then charged back that the comeback would not be complete until they took a lead because they at one point had a lead, but they were coming back from trailing the mm. whole time. The best the game ever was for the Leafs until it was 5-5, was 0-0. So I, in that moment, think you are correct. Comeback complete. I think when you, when you tie the game, the comeback is complete. And then you can lose the game after sure. that, but the comeback, to me, was complete nameless, uh, at the end of regulation. Nameless anchor, you are still you you are, break. You were wrong then, and he you are still wrong now. That doesn't work at Sportsnet right now. Uh, in fact, doesn't work in sports media anymore. But anyways. Okay. Well, we're real tat-a-tat about that. Um, and, and so you, it's and good you to were hear. right, and look at you now. Yeah. Uh, it's good to know Scoreboard. that Joe Bowen, Joe Bowen agrees with me. Anyways, sports are hilarious sometimes. I yes. <laughs> Agreed. A lot of examples from the from last night as we were talking, teeing up the show. But yes, hilarious. Sometimes you, you think you got it all figured out. Things are going one way and mm-hmm. you're going to have a conversation and you're going to, you know, try to force yourself to be that upset with a team that had racked up points in seven consecutive yeah. and coming back home against a team that they should beat and laying the the massive egg that they did mm-hmm. through the first 40 minutes of that hockey game. And then sometimes you get something completely unexpected or as you yeah. rightly point out, maybe we should have expected it. Mm-hmm. And and you're sitting on the couch with your young eight-year-old son <laughs> celebrating as if Nick Taylor just drained a 60-foot mm. eagle to win the Canadian Open. Like that was honestly Ooh. what brought I, that moment 
And it's just a personal thing because I was sitting with my two sons when Nick Taylor drained the eagle putt. And I was sitting with my eight-year-old son yesterday watching the end of regulation. We watched the entire third period together. That's awesome. And it's, it's, it's one of those, I think, formative moments in his life that he will remember. Now we'll probably remember the overtime less, uh, despite the fact that the Leafs had a couple of chances to start that thing. But, but, what a mind-numbing third period that was yesterday. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to rekindle that feeling with Sam McKee when we uh, when we hugged each other uh, in great embrace when Nick Taylor and you were there. We were there. That's right. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I will also have to regale my young son because uh, I had to put him to bed up five or down five nothing. So he's gonna wake up and like they still lost. Doesn't he normally stay up? Later than than going to bed <laughs> before the end of a, a game that ended at nine thirty. There's pausing. There's pausing games and trying to wrestle upstairs mm. and bedtime shenanigans. Oh People boy. don't care. Again, like my life is just a gong show. Well, once I leave this place, but. And speaking of gong shows, the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah, you're like, we should always kind of expect this with this team. I don't think anybody, I'll be honest, when they scored the goal early in the period, I think, okay, all right, let's 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 do this thing again. Mm-hmm. And then Marner has the between the legs and, mm-hmm. okay, it's like not, like the call of between the legs, it's like, whoa, and then watching that, it's a little different, like still incredibly impressive. And then the McCabe shot goes in, you say, okay, okay. And then you're sitting there and you go, okay, this is probably ultimately going to end up in a, a nice push, but a fruitless comeback where you say, oh, they learned their lesson. They can't play hockey for 20 minutes and steal a point or two, but they can because they're the Toronto Maple Leafs. And perhaps well, they're also the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're the Columbus Blue Jackets. And perhaps most importantly in all this, he's Austin Matthews. Mm. The NBA has an award for clutch performer of the year, whatever they call it now. And they have an actual like formula to dictate this of points scored and da da da. I don't need a formula to know that this is now the third time he has scored multiple goals in the dying seconds of games to steal them points this year. Like, what would Austin Matthews, what would someone else have to do to steal if this was an award from him? The clutch performer of the year in the NHL, I suppose, be a goaltender would be the answer to that question. But yeah, they're the Jackets, they're the Leafs. But honestly, most importantly of all, He's Austin Matthews. He just has a knack for moments like this. And yeah, it's easy to say when you're coming off of it, but how many guys can point to multiple examples of this? The clock, the calendar hasn't even flipped to 2024 yet. There are still months left of regular season hockey, and he's already done this three times. Brent, I can do one better than three Please. times. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, natural stat trick. Sorts goals, not not six on five. They they track them when your net is empty. So this does include yep. delayed penalties sure. as well, right? So the Leafs lead the entire National Hockey mm-hmm. League with seven such goals that, this season. I test backs that up. Austin Matthews has six of them. <laughs> he has six of the seven goals the Maple Leafs have scored with their own net empty this season. Couple with the the net empty yesterday, six on five. It's it's a true weapon for this team. It's it's. I was like, oh, is it? I was trying to make it comparable in my right. mind. I was like, is it the tush push? It's not because no. you can't be like, it's not like the Leafs are like, oh, Just you know get what? the game to <laughs> being down two <laughs> right. with a minute 10 left and Matthews has got not this. You quite, can't quite do that. But if you are an opposition <laughs> team, like you have to be on high alert that For this sure. team is very, very confident and, and has no problem pulling the goalie early that they had trouble getting into the zone mm-hmm. late in that game. So that's why like the, yeah, the, the two goals, did come with with plenty of time on the clock, but they they only scored the first one with uh, what a minute and a half to go yep. in in the hockey game. 
It does raise a larger... Listen, there's there's concerning things to, to talk about from yesterday's game. I think none more than the goaltending situation the uh, Leafs are in huh? right now. But I told you, this team has regular season magic. magic. This yep. season, I think over the majority of the last seven years, they've had regular season magic. Now, again, when, it doesn't when, mean that they win all the games, yep. but more often than not, they do come through in regular season moments. Not so much in the postseason, but maybe that is changing because you're right, like going back to that Look first that. round series Look against the Lightning. And there was more than a few like uh, clutch goals yeah. uh, six on five department in that series as well. Uh, so one, does this team in particular have some sort of magic mm-hmm. about them? And two, is there some sort of intestinal fortitude that we're, we're learning about that they are not, okay, the five nothing is, is a little different than... Yep than some of the previous comebacks that they've had. But, like, game one of the season against the Montreal Canadiens, we've seen this mm-hmm. start to finish. I mean, not finish because we're not done, but start to where we are right now that this team really doesn't allow itself to stay down on the mat. They, they get up more often than not. They do. The one thing I would say is that you want to be very careful with the message that your team takes from that because it is a great message to have this internal belief that no matter what happens in a game and hey maybe you're not getting the goaltending you want or maybe you have a sleepy first two periods that it's always there and you can always pull it out and if that's the message you take from it it's great but if the message is what it's been through parts of this course tenure and this isn't a Sheldon Keefe thing this goes all the way back to Babcock if the message you take out of that is we could play 20, we could play 20 minutes of hockey and steal ourselves a point or two mm-hmm. that's going to be a problem cuz that is not like this is all about building winning habits and I don't think these are necessarily winning habits you can bank on but playing mm-hmm. in games where your back is against the wall and you're used to this scenario and you have to push 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 and being comfortable in that scenario it's not a bad thing you just have to hope that complacency doesn't set in on the other side of it going, eh, who cares? We had a bad first period. It's fine. Yeah. We know how this goes. That We've is, done it a million times. That, that is definitely part of their DNA. Now, I, I was – the Leafs had lost this game. Like, yeah, we would have been critical to an extent. But and I, they I, did. I, I honestly – I didn't have – yeah, they did lose the hockey game <laughs> in overtime. But, yeah, again – it's a regular season game. They managed a point. It did feel, boy, that game so deserved Austin Matthews' hat trick in overtime. Oh, and he had two, three just grade A looks you coming know, right down the slot. I hadn't thought about it until Luke Fox wrote about it in in his postgame write-up mm-hmm. on sportsnet.ca, but that was like kind of a microcosm of the entire five-game series against the Blue Jackets in the bubble in 2020, oh, yeah. where it's, it's like, unbelievable, came back in game four, and then, of course, Lost. lose in, ga- in game five. You're like, how could they lose God. in game five after... Yeah, they did. No, they managed. They lost the hockey game. I went back yesterday. and just quickly, I went back and looked at that series because I was, you Why? know, of course. Well, because you game think Game four was, I mean, boy, you want to talk about the elation of a yeah. comeback uh, and what? The Blue Jackets just missing an empty net yep. going off the, the side of the net. It was right there. But there are just so many questionable decisions from that, like Keith going nuclear in game five of Matthews, Marner, and Nylander putting Andreas Janssen into a game five coming off of a knee surgery and he hadn't played all year. And it's like, that's not why they lost the game. But man, that series, God, it just crushes me. Jason Spezza having to fight Boone Jenner to wake mm. them up in the in the first place. Oh, God, memories. Anywho. Yeah, so similarly, uh, they, they, they don't get to have the the true spoils of an incredible comeback because they didn't win the series in 2020 and they didn't win the hockey game yesterday, although the stakes slightly different. So I think this is, 
it is still a game that we'll talk about for for years and years and years. But back to like the DNA of this team. Okay, even if they lose a hockey game mm-hmm. in regulation, they score like once or twice in the third, or don't score at all, and it's five nothing. Yep. I don't know how much of an appetite I have to sit here today and and totally just drag this team over the coals because it's an eighty-two game regular season, right? Like again, we're stuck in our bubble of yep. Toronto ness and everything needing to be the most everything mm-hmm. all the time. I don't necessarily think that's the case, and th- there's no team on planet Earth. Especially in this era of parody that puts together 60-minute hockey games 82 times a year. It just does not happen. But that being said, yeah, this is it's it is part of this team's like who's at all surprised that you go to the state of New York against two good mm-hmm. hockey teams your and, you dads. Can, and you pick up three or four points and then come back home against a sitting duck uh Columbus Blue Jackets team, although that's a little more rested. But it's not like the okay, and that's a third game in four nights. I get it. But yeah. Who doesn't expect that type of performance against a Columbus Blue Jackets team that you should beat? Well, then what's lurking on Saturday night? Like, right. It's forget, also a, yeah, a, like, a trap game. Forget that Dubas is coming. Just remove that from the equation for a second. Sidney Crosby coming to town Hockey on night a Saturday Canada. night. Like, it's always going to be special. And, yeah, like, there's a certain element that if, let's say it ended with, you know, they get the Nylander in the Marner goal and that's it. It ends 5-2 or, you know, maybe Columbus Potts an empty net or 6-2 is your final. That it wouldn't have been a nuclear you know, face-melting show of, oh, these guys, how can they have a performance like this? But I think that this is the thing we've talked about of, and, you know, maybe it's a fair conversation to have of, do you want to be that metronome team that just never misses a beat in the regular season? You're Boston Bruins, or do you want to... How many teams are there? Like, the Boston Bruins aren't that this year anymore. Like, look at the record recently. That's the... And, but they had... I think the difference is, is that with this team, is you would like to see the stretch of... And you've, you've seen it up until last night, the stretch where they win you know, eight of 10, eight of 10 games. And they do it with dominating points and eight straight is no yeah. good. Well, it's just the start of these games. You, the, I think that when you look at it and yes, you can have one offs and if it's a one off, that's fine, but it's not a one off. It's going to be like a eight, nine or 10 off this year, because we've already seen this game a few mm. times from this team this year. And again, I don't think it needs to be, the, you know, when we have all the conversations about are the Leafs and normal hockey team. Now, I think that these are the moments where they're a normal hockey team, Mm. where if they lose that game, it doesn't need to be a barbecue fest and all these bums, they can't show up. They can't wake up. Why don't they care enough to, it doesn't need to be that anymore, but I can also sit there and say, yeah, okay. Trap game. Yeah. Okay. Good. You battled back, but I can even give you the period to say, all right, trap game. You're going to have a period. You get punched in the mouth a little bit, but could you wake up in the second? Do we have to wait until the third? (laughs) I think the biggest reason for criticism would be that there are people spending hundreds of, if not thousands of dollars to be in the building. Like that that's happening on home ice. (laughs) We love our guy, Gord. He says it all the time. You're going to suck, suck on the road. Yeah. Um, but boy, if I, and I would hope that if you paid money to go see that hockey game, you did stay until the end, which you think is, we have some heat. Do we think there were like some Miami heat fans, Ray Allen shot, like trying to, no, no. let me back in, please. <laughs> possible. Uh, Austin Matthews with a couple more goals. He is now on a 70 ish goal pace, like slightly below, you, but you, you ra- round it up. Yeah. Yes. Saw yeah. liars out there were telling me it was 70. Well, you, I mean, like, yeah, you do round so, up. It's 69.85, yeah. so I've rounded I that up to 69.9 right. goals this season. You know what? The way he's going, I'll allow that. 
Yeah. Maybe other years would have to round down, but I'll allow it. Yeah. Uh, and the eye test w- would match the the uh, the pace that he's on. But yeah, just right now looking like the absolute best goal scorer in the National Hockey League, which he has been since he entered the National Hockey League. Yeah, and to your point that everyone's going to sit there and point to the goals at the very end of the game, and obviously that's the most impressive thing, but he was one of the few guys who... If you take had, those away, he only, he's only on pace for 63. Uh, yeah, and if you, yeah, exactly, right? All the all the empty netters are all the, the end of goal, end of game goals there. Uh, yeah, Kipper would love that stat. Uh, I think that when you look at it, that it wasn't a great game from him through the first 40 minutes, but he was the one guy. Game for anybody. No, no, that's what I mean, though. But he was the one guy who had little flourishes. He had a post here or there. He was still firing shots on net. You know, they end up, they end up with what was it, near 50 shots, not not attempts, but just near the 50 shot, 48 total shots on goal for the Leafs in that game. 21 of them coming in the in the third period. That's what this team he does. And Nylander combined for 19. Incredible. The way shots the, on goal. Yeah. The way they're both going right now. And you know, I think I don't know that this needs to be a conversation right now. I think the problem has been the the ability or the want to do this too quickly. But when you see two guys going that way, and I guess part of the point is you want Matthews going, but I don't know. Like, do you need to spread the wealth a little mm-hmm. bit? Do you want to just keep those guys together if they're going to be doing this and putting up 20 shots? And, you know, I know you can't necessarily just split those up and say, eh, if you can put Nylander shots on the other line, because, you know, they feed off of each other. That's how this thing works. But I, I think this is why we always have these conversations of flipping to is that it feels like very rarely, you know, with the Leafs goaltending, Samsonov and Murray last year, or well, not so much Samsonov last night, but to a certain extent, Samsonov wall this year have kind of covered one another off. It feels like the Leafs have never had, or very rarely had the two guys on different lines, both going at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like there's been, seems like there's been pairs that have been clicking. Nylander and Tavares were really going at the beginning of the year. Now you have Nylander and Matthews. I mean, it felt like Marner and Matthews for a bit, and, and maybe it's just that the bar is so incredibly high for these guys of what we consider really going. Maybe yeah. that's it. But well, because Matthews was was rolling statistically, yes. while Nylander was still rolling. I, I understand five on five goals yeah. were hard to find, and the dominant games weren't there. But yeah. statistically, he was still racking up goals for the most part when Nylander was having his incredible start to the season. Right? Yeah, he was. But and it, you know, I know, I know. Again, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to kipper this and poo poo the goals here. But you want yeah. when the guys are when take away the goal. No, but when your guy's your heart trophy guy, you want him to be dominant, not just because he's scoring, but yeah. in other facets. And that's definitely the case for Matthews right now. I don't know that it was as much the case when Nylander was going on a separate line. All right. Any more positives to take from yesterday's game or should I, should I move on to the negatives? Uh, Jake McCabe, just once again, yeah. nice to see like for a guy like that mm-hmm. to get one. Oh God. Could you imagine a couple of guys with some shots now from the point? Yeah. It seems like in Connor Timmons, yeah, and Jake def- McCabe, uh, who nearly killed one another at the mm-hmm. very end of the second yeah. period. Could you imagine like stitches required for that? Apparently. Yeah. You know, Revo goes out. And we'll maybe talk about that. Maybe we won't. I don't know. It's million. It's one point three. Trillian mm-hmm. will make a trade, or he won't at some point in time. I've been told. Uh, and by that, I just mean we keep hearing he'll make trades, but I'm waiting for it to happen. But could you imagine one of those guys goes down? Like even if it's Connor Timmons, who you know, I know everyone's kind of hey on. They just they're so paper thin right now. So see McCabe come back out after he skated right off the mm-hmm. ice. That was so encouraging to see. And then for a guy like that, who you know, he's never. 
how many conversations do we have about Jake McCabe? And have we ever discussed the point total he has? We discussed the salary he makes, $2 million, because half of it's retained by Chicago. But for a guy like that to just see one go in, really important for him to just kind of con- con- carry the good momentum he's had going forward. He had a couple big hits in their last couple of games here. Just Not nice playing really well. Yeah, I really like what I've seen out of McCabe. Don't like what I'm seeing out of Ilya Samsonov. It's yucky. It's really, really very bad. Really, very, very bad. He didn't get a lot of help in front of him, but he didn't help himself. At least two goals that you would want him to save, but for sure, probably more than that. Um, And then he bounces back in the third period, doesn't allow a goal. But, I mean, how many shots did he face in that third period? Not a ton. I mean, there were a couple of high-danger ones. Right, like, yeah, and he had to make a couple. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, Leafs don't get a point and don't get to overtime. But the damage already done for Ilya Samsonov, who uh, Sheldon Keefe talked explicitly about removing after 40 minutes of that hockey game. But he and Curtis Sanford the coming, Sandman to, coming to an agreement him. that uh, no, he should get in there for the third period and battle with his teammates. Okay, how much of that is, you know, who else is here, right? Like, how much of that conversation is, you know, it's Martin Jones backing up, right? Well, I mean, to that point, though. It, it feels like everyone's kind of in agreement here, and and we'll see. It's not. It's not. They're not playing another back to back. Like they do have the day off today before playing on Hockey Night in Canada yep. against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But it is Hockey Night in Canada against Kyle Dubas's Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby. Yeah, feels like the 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 house money is on Martin Jones starting that game. That feels like such a big spot. With Samsonov, I mean, we always talk about the mental aspect with goalies, but it feels like that's kind of all we talk about with him. I mean, they would have a much better read of that, but I don't know Because how. we can't analyze right. what a goalie actually well, does. Because, again, we're going to talk to Dubnik later on today, and I'm going to ask him the same thing. He's going to go, I don't know. Is he looking big? Does he look confident in there? <laughs> so, again, exactly the same thing we we all see. I think that with you need to do what is best and I can't believe I'm saying this like believe me folks I'm rolling my eyes here in this too but it's like you need to do what's best for Samsonov's mental because that's okay. the best version of what it is and if you do think you it well what's the other option you just throw him to the wolves and say sink or swim and all of a sudden we're looking at a tandem of Martin Jones is the 1A to Samsonov's 1B like what's the alternative here well is there a non-zero possibility that like you're going to get as much out of Martin Jones as you are out of Ilya Samsonov. And let, let, let me not, be clear not here. completely nothing. Let me be clear here. Yep. Like, I feel for Ilya Samsonov, who, who gets, uh, he doesn't get tendered a qualifying offer by the team that drafted him in the first round and it hits free agency and then takes less to join a Leafs team that has a Stanley Cup champion in net, but a guy with a checkered injury yep. history in Matt Murray a season ago. That guy predictably goes down, he steps into the net, yep. and he has a career year across the board. Yep. Like, there's no qualms about what Ilya Samsonov did a season ago with a near 920 save percentage, and he carries that over into the postseason where he brings this team its first series victory in like 20 years against a guy that's a future Hall of Famer. He plays him. Yep. And then has to go to arbitration and has to battle with his own team yep. for his own self-worth, does not get the long-term extension, goes into the season where, like, two games in, he's basically already lost all the, the goodwill and equity yep. that he's built up over a, a year plus, uh, including a postseason series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. He has to do it all over again. So I feel for him, but such is life, buddy. Yeah, I, I feel for him in that case, too. But it's, you know, like, Sheldon Keefe didn't take it from him. We watched those first two games. We mm-hmm. saw how it looked. We've seen how it's looked this year for Samsonov. And I don't think, and that 
and I think that that goalie that we saw last year, that goalie that won them the series for part of his play, like it wasn't the sole reason, but he was the reason they were in it for long chunks of that series. I still think that goalie is in there, and that is why I'm careful. I think you need to be careful, especially with Wall. Again, like it's not the catastrophic season's over injury that we were worried about, but mm. he's not coming back next week. He might not be back next month. So you're still really going to need that guy. And that's why I think you do have to put the kid gloves on. They didn't, they didn't have him speak last night. I don't, I'm not going to get too, too worked up one way or another about this. It happened in the playoffs. If, yeah. if it can happen in the playoffs, it surely can happen after, after a game in a, on the, in a regular season on a Thursday in December. I don't, I don't get bothered by that. It's just that is is plain enough sign to me that they're very careful about kind of where his mental state sure, is at right but now. Is, okay, and, and the Penguins have struggled to score, so maybe that is like putting the kid gloves on and starting him in that game, or maybe it's, hey, like, let's take you out of the spotlight of a Hockey Night in Canada game yeah. against Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins, although it's the Toronto Maple Leafs, so like every game is kind of a spotlight the game. And then immediately following that, it's the returning game engagement against the Rangers, yeah. so like pick your poison there. For sure. Unless, and like, and what if Martin Jones mm-hmm. does start in that game on Saturday and looks good? Like, what if Martin Jones picks up the victory? Like, then then what? Like, are you going start to start with Martin freaking Jones and Ilya Samsonov? I, I hope I'm proven wrong by this. I don't think we're going to see a run of play from Martin Jones. Probably that not. That makes you think, ooh, we got to make sure to really split the net here. I still think that over the next... Let's just call it two months until Joe Wall comes back. That Ilya Samsonov is going to be on most nights the best option for this team. And again, I would love, love, love to be proven wrong. And that doesn't mean you have to start him on Saturday night. If you think the right move is to go away, I can easily hear the opposite side of it. That you got to go right back to him and prove that you have confidence in him and prove to him that he's your guy. And this is the other part of it as well is, you know, that he has picked up the team at times. The team is allowed to pick him up, and I guess in theory you could say they did that by scoring yeah, five. Yeah, they did do that. Well, well, okay, where were they for the first 40 minutes of that hockey game right. when they're giving up chance after chance after chance to Kent Johnson and the freaking Columbus Blue Jackets, okay? So you got a big game on Saturday night. If the message from Keith and the coaching staff is we have to protect this house, Dubis is here, Crosby what they did is, is here. His first game is the unquestioned number one when Wool went down, and they just absolutely cut off the the blood flow circulation for the Nashville Predators. And that ha- and again, easier to do for a Predators team than some other teams, but it shouldn't have been that hard against the Jackets last night. It shouldn't be damn near impossible against the Penguins on Saturday. So I think that. Again, it's all like you're a team. Yes, we talk about goalies as they're over there, as they're others, but he has he has saved their bacon many times in the past, including early on in that Tampa series. They need to get his back here and kind of play good enough defense to allow him to find it because I don't think he's completely lost it. I don't think so. Yeah, I will say that like ever since that that game, you know, stepping back into yep. the number one position against the Nashville Predators and oh, incredible. This is a guy that just needs to have the 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 player removed from his rearview mirror. Shut out. I mean, it was an 18 save yeah. shut out, but whatever. He made all 18 saves. Four goals in an overtime loss, and then this debacle, yep. right? The four goals in yep. in the Islanders game, um, and that was followed up by Martin Jones's win at MSG against mm-hmm. the Rangers, and then this game. So nine goals, including some overtime. Uh, well, two overtime 
goals uh, yep. against the Islanders and now the Columbus Blue Jackets. So things are trending in a not so great direction for Elias Samson. I would just say, yeah, for sure. Like the possibility exists for a team that's been able to rack up points despite a very depleted mm-hmm. blue line, despite a roster that is not the best version of itself. That the possibility exists that they're also going to have to overcome some porous goaltending in the not too distant future. Uh, and what I would say to that is that hey, Martin Jones gave up four goals in that game that we're talking about him having played so well in, which again I don't mm-hmm. disagree with. I thought he played fine. And also, what was the best Leaf team we saw? It was that Nashville game where he got the shutout, followed by probably the Rangers game where Martin Jones got his win. So it does feel like I don't think this is breaking news to anybody listening. With the goal attending they got right now, and I still am holding out a modicum of hope that Ilya Samsonov can take himself from this kind of middle ground guy back to closer to the guy we saw last year. But with the goaltending they have right now, they just have to play that brand of hockey that we talked about all last year when they had no defenseman in the lineup. And guess what? They still don't have any defenseman in the lineup. Timothy Lilligren apparently really close. Awesome. Great. Just because he's back doesn't mean it should change either. So I look at this as... Yes, a challenge to Samsonov. Be better. Be able to hold the mantle. Be in the number one. You want to be a guy. Uh, hello, here's the opportunity. But it should just as much be a challenge to the other 18 guys that are going to be on the ice saying you need to play a more structured, defensively sound game. The five goals against the Jackets, again, point to Samsonov on two, three of them if you want, for sure. But there's plenty of blame to go around. It ain't just on him last night. Yeah, the Leafs now getting below average goaltending. 901 save percentage. We're back. I know it's it's... Again, this team deserves a lot of credit for what they've done with the depleted blue line and goaltending that even like you look at the advanced numbers for Joseph Wall, this guy does not have a positive goal saved above average at, at five on five. They, they, the Leafs are getting by yep. with what they have and they keep racking up points. It's now points in eight consecutive games. They've moved into second in the Atlantic division. Now just four points back of the Boston Bruins atop that division and the, the records are pretty similar. Bruins 18-5 and 4, Leafs 15-6 six and 6 as they they come all the way back from down 5 nothing in that third period. It's funny to hear Chris Cuthbert talk about like his first ever Leaf game called in 1989 Amazing. being a five-goal comeback against the Kings, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. I think he said, yeah. 6-1 and and winning 7-6 in overtime as Wendell Clark uh scored the winner in that hockey game. Yeah, an incredible comeback. Um and in a regular season in which boy Thursday night game against the Columbus Blue Jackets can kind of, you know, at, at times and through 40 minutes feel like a Thursday night Boy, against the it. Columbus Blue Jackets to get that out of nowhere was was a, a nice, uh, nice little reward for Leaf fans, I think. Yeah, it was. It was a, it was a, it was a, I won't say it was a fun night, but it was a fun third period. And uh, yeah, you got to be angry a little as well. So for me personally, that mm. I feel like that would have been perfect. Like I got to work myself up into a hot lather. Then well, I would but get to it, do the like, it, oh, anybody's coming back. Oh, you uh, think you're, it, I was going to say, accuse me of leaving. If no, I was no, at that no, game? no, 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 no. I'm saying like, do you still get to be angry though? Like doesn't the third period. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's the best of both worlds. I get to be worked up into a hot lather. And then they score early on in the period, and then and then I get then they go quiet for a bit, and I go, ah, fake comeback, these bums. And then McCabe throws one in, and then the Matthews, and everything's great. And then it's overtime, and who cares? Because it's a skills contest that does not mm-hmm. matter. So yeah, I actually feel like not perfect because you know I would have just taken a five nothing Leafs win if I was in attendance. If if Austin Matthews does score in overtime, yep. Because I, I, I do think, like, you lose the hockey game. It doesn't go down as one of the all-time great regular no, season no, games no. in Leaf history. But if, the, if if Austin Matthews scores yet another hat trick this mm-hmm. season and it comes in overtime and he has the two six-on-five goals 
and they come back from down no. 5 nothing in the third period. Is that not on the Mount Rushmore of great regular season games in Leafs history? Yeah, I mean, right off the top of my head, I mean, <laughs> obviously, I don't know which face is the first one, but uh, that like the Sittler 10-point game, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the first face on Mount Rushmore. Yep. But yeah, I think it'd, it'd certainly go in the conversation. How about this generation of Leafs team? Like so it? yeah, I mean, the, the other one, it's funny because the Leafs always have these wild December games. Like mm-hmm. they had the one a few years ago that was the next-gen game right before Christmas against, oh, against the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes yes. not, not the ill-fated, he who shall not be named David Ayers game, no, no, no. but the other the, one yeah, where it started it like at 11 eight. o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and I actually, for that one, I uh, I actually left. I did turn the game off because I felt like I needed to do my part, and they came back and won, so I, I mm-hmm. did my part for that one. But yeah, Marner was, I can't remember the exact stat line, but he was incredible because he always plays well in these next gen mm-hmm. games. Cause the joke is all his classmates are there. So mm-hmm. it's just very fitting. It's a comfortable environment, but yeah, that, that one jumps out. I mean, the four goal game in his NHL debut. If we're just, yep. if we're just doing this era, mm-hmm. how uh, hmm. too many of these are losses though. Lost that one in overtime, <laughs> lost this one. Uh, but yeah, I think in this era, it definitely is. I'm trying to think of games that jump out. Not that it was a moment that matters. And it's definitely just a little recency bias, but the I think it was like Ryan O'Reilly's second game when they played in Buffalo and they're just rolling and Joe Wall got his first win and you had the O'Reilly couple big or a couple goals that night. But yeah, I think if they if he completes the comeback with a hat trick, it definitely goes into the short list of super memorable games from this well, league era. And especially if he does something historic in the goal total department yeah. this season and you look back, it's like, oh, what were, what were the moments that you remember from that season? It was like, oh, well, he had started the season with back-to-back hat tricks and then he had this hat trick in this game that they were trailing five. Five nothing going into the third period. God. He scored twice, six on five, and then in overtime. Now I want him to get back to sixty so bad because that video that Sportsnet put together of just all sixty of his talks from the sixty goal season. Oh, it's one of my favorite videos. I'm gonna go back and watch it today. Probably, I, I think. think he's he's got a good chance at sixty. Certainly, certainly trending that way for yeah. sure. Trending towards seventy. Honestly, all right. When we come back, uh, still no Jays news. We're waiting for them to add a human being. To their roster, they yet to do that. Have signed with teams. Yeah, no. Other teams have made trades. You're not going to believe this. They're a finalist for yet another free agent. Oh, Uh, exciting! Okay, so we'll get to that. Um, There's a there's been a uh, subtraction from one of their division rivals rotation. It's pretty significant name as well. He's going to the Dodgers, who officially unveiled Shohei Otani, who revealed a couple of things to us yesterday. We'll get to that and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsnet 5-9, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brian Gunning. Yeah, we were talking in the break about some memorable regular season games. Leafs Mount Rushmore getting crowded for, like, this era of yeah. memorable regular season games. And, yes, I know, the jokes write themselves everywhere else, everywhere else in the country. Yeah, yeah. regular season, yeah, yeah. we get it. No, but this is what we're talking about. It is right? what we're like, talking about. So, yeah. Matthews, of course, who talked about his four-goal game. Uh, people will remember this. It was the first one he played. Mm. Mitch Marner also had four goals. I did re-remember this as I saw it against the Red Wings. He had six points, in fact, four goals, two assists. Uh, that was in a uh, February game. But the one that I I have to be honest, it makes me feel like a bad Leaf fan, is I have zero recollection of John Tavares 
in the year 2019. Oh, this is why. March 25, 2019. It was like right before everything. Uh, I, oh, no. That would have been. No, no. Mm-mm, so year I don't, before. I have, okay. I have no excuse for not remembering this. John Tavares scored four goals in a Leafs 7-5 win over the Panthers. And just to Matthew McConaughey, time is a flat circle. Put everyone back of how long ago that was. The other Leaf goal scorers in that game, Patrick Marlowe, Jake Muzzin, mm. Zach Hyman. Yeah, no, I don't remember that one. I don't one remember either. that at all. So there's one spot left, I guess. Uh, and you can give it to another Matthews one. We could go hat trick against Montreal on opening night. If yeah. you would have got the hat trick last night, would have been there. Well, but. you got to go. Don't you have to go game 81 against the, the 60? The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. Game 81 in 17 where they clinched the playoff spot and Curtis McElhaney made a save against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, that's that's not a Mount Rushmore performance. That's a moment. Like these other games, like the fact that I don't remember the John Tavares game. I don't know that it's as big a moment, obviously, mm. but that, ma- I mean, like the the Joe Bowen, I just told you this in the break. The Joe Bowen call of Holy Mackinac, Holy McElhaney, when McElhaney goes post to post to Rob mm-hmm. Sidney Crosby. Connor Brown scores a goal to give him a, give them the lead. Matthews ices it with the empty netter. The establishment I was at immediately cuts it. The hip starts playing. Everybody's it was just happy, fun Leafs. The loss, the innocent was, cr- yeah, climb. The, the loss that was coming didn't matter, and they almost won in that series. They had their moments as well. We've talked mm-hmm. to Boyle about it as well. So yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a long Leafs ride, but. That, that is definitely, honestly, of all the regular season moments this team has had, that is far and away my favorite because it was as good as it gets in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Of making the playoffs actually meant something as opposed to the absolute bare minimum that you should accomplish. So, yeah, just a fun little trip down memory uh, Immediately after finishing dead last in the National Hockey League yeah. standings, you select first overall. Guy scores four goals in the first uh, first game he plays, but you lose in overtime, and you figure that's going to be the, the, the tale of the season, yep. that it's going to be about the, the growth of this individual player, but not necessarily victories. And they make the playoffs and then they play a Capitals team yeah. that won the President's Trophy and you take five of those six games to overtime yeah. and give them the, the scare of a lifetime. The birth of the birth of Dark Guy and 2-1 yeah, series lead. All less, that. less memorable, but yeah, okay. Uh, all right, so hilarious. that was that. that's good. And that it puts your mind in a yeah. good spot. I, 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 I figured s- I knew where we were going, so I, I thought we should be happy. Even the mere mention of Shohei Otani does kind of like put me in a, in a dark spot still. And maybe that'll change. I'm thinking probably not. Uh, so he's introduced yesterday to the assembled masses. Like there was a huge—I don't know if you saw the 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 video and the pictures of the the lineup of media people in no. trying to get what into I this thing. What I did see was they unveiled him, and I don't know if they've always had this there, but it's like it said like new blue heaven or something yeah. underneath. I was like, okay, that feels a bit much. Okay, so I, is the headline item that his dog's name was revealed? And that it was decoy. Yeah, is is why we couldn't we couldn't find like I couldn't tell if that was just a joke, but no, it's it's truly his. The dog's name is decoy. So like we off air, and maybe we did this on air. Like know. we were talking about the yeah, different theories Dodger, going around. Blue. No, but there were theories going around. Yeah. And producer oh, Jeff po- Asaparty told us about hey, like there's a potential decoy dog out oh, there. Yeah. I think maybe something got lost in translation oh, and that people, decoy, his name is actually Decoy. So, great. Okay, his dog's name is Decoy. Um, and there's a couple other Which things. Is nothing, let's, like, he, whether he intends it this way or not, is nothing other than a middle finger to everyone other than the Dodgers. Right. He continued to do that. Yeah. Um, middle finger. Now, again, like, I don't 
the intention probably not there. I'm sure Shohei Otani would love to be loved by everybody, right? Seems like a guy. I'm sure he would have loved to not do that yesterday, quite honestly. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, listen, I hope you got your Phil Dodgers media because you're, you're not going to hear a bunch from him this season, like at all. Like maybe after starts. Oh, wait. Oh, he's oh. not pitching this year. So I don't know. I don't know how they're going to parse it out. It's not going to be a ton that you're going to hear from this guy. But uh, he said... And this was not during his media availability. This was in a conversation he was having with somebody afterwards. He was aware of the flight tracking going on on Friday. Said he was just chilling at home with his dog and thought it was funny. Thought it was amusing. Have a good chuckle about it. Really, you know, could have put the fires out. Could have initiated a conversation between his agency and the baseball media to tamp it down, to to make sure that, because he knew he wasn't coming to Toronto, mm-hmm. make sure that the the market, uh, the baseball market that is pretty sizable north of the border yeah. here was not getting out of, ahead of its skis as we did for about six hours on Friday. Instead, he's just uh, enjoying it from the comfort of his own home next to Decoy, having a chuckle about it. You know, this is a crazy thing to say, but I don't think there's a lot of this in him, but... There's a little Aaron Rodgers and Shohei Otani of like, hey, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Look at me. Mm. Don't talk to me. Don't ask me any questions. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. Respect my privacy. Look at me. The idea of him not talking for his MVP appearance and like, hey, I'm here. There's a visual of me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't talk. I can't ask any questions. Oh, I got this dog. It's like, oh, can we know the name? No, you can't. It has to be a secret. So you all have to wonder about it. I think there is a big element of him that he very much wants to be the conversation. He just wants to take no part in it because if secrecy and privacy and everything was so important to him, he wouldn't have thought it was hilarious that people assumed he was toying with the Dodgers Mm -hmm. or signing with the blue. He wouldn't have thought that he would have been offended by that and it would have irked him a great deal. So I think there is a lot more, Aaron Rodgers, like, hey, look at me, look at me. Now, I don't expect him to be doing, I don't know who Japanese Pat McAfee is, although I would very much like to see that. I think that'd be quite the visual, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't expect him to be doing that. But I think ben there is Verlander some... is maybe his guy, I yeah, guess. Yeah, okay. Or... He got to, I saw, like, no shots to Verlander. I no, love, you can I... give Ben Verlander plenty okay, of shots. Sure, shot to Verlander. He's teasing. It's like, I have my interview with Shohei Otani. He did it a year ago yeah. in Japan? Yeah. Why is this seeing the light of day now? Yeah. Who cares what he has to say from then, quite no. frankly? so Honestly, even, who cares what Choi Otani has to say well, on even, any day of the week? Even that guy. Even the guy who was like, I fed my loyalty to you. It's like, I have a brother who is a Hall of Famer, and he is my second favorite Major League player. I love you and you alone, Shohei. All right, cool. Yeah. So I, I don't, like, it is so abundantly clear to me. And this is why... God, I feel so vindicated now because I said this in the summer. I didn't say this during the chase because I don't think anybody wanted to hear it during the time, but he never wanted the smoke of a market that cares people. They care in L.A. in the sense that they want their team to win, but guess what? If they don't win, they go to the beach. And if Shohei Otani doesn't answer any questions, they read a book or go for a walk or go sit on the Sunset Pier, do whatever it is you do in California because it's nice outside all the time. He never wanted to be in a market that had people wrapped up in hysteria 24-7. He wants those people to care about him from afar. It is the thing that I felt the whole time through and seeing that yesterday and seeing how he acted with all that, it just vindicates everything I, I felt about it the to, whole time. To your point, this out of the LA Times yesterday, 
According to multiple people with knowledge of the situation, not authorized to speak publicly, uh, Artie Moreno, owner of the Angels, I would add, parenthetically, wouldn't match the 10-year, $700 million deal that Otani eventually signed with the Dodgers. Uh, later on in the story, it said, in the latter stages of his free agency this month, it doesn't appear Otani eliminated the Angels from contention. Uh, Nezbolelo, his agent, said that he, quote, made sure that I kept in touch with them, end quote, throughout the process, and that we, quote, felt they earned the right to at least have a discussion at the end, end quote. To me, that's, I mean... First of all, if, if, if like you say, the number one primary objective that you have is winning, mm -hmm. there's not a conversation you would have with that Angels team. Yeah. But what it sounds like is if they had ponied up the dough, he would have taken comfort over changing teams. Like, I, I, I'm trying not to do too much of this, and I'm, I'm just being honest here, yeah. people. I, I, I'm such a huge baseball fan, and I've loved mm -hmm. what I've seen out of Shohei Otani on the field, and I never thought I'd see it. And it was such a pleasure to 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 watch his highlights, and you know, have a reason to 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 stay up late to watch mm -hmm. Angels games, yeah, and, yeah. and what an incredible feat that he's been able to accomplish over these couple of MVP seasons, being a two-way player. I the worm has is not turning for me; it has turned mm -hmm. as far as my emotional response to seeing both Shohei Otani's name, sure, and. and Specifically, seeing the quotes that are coming out of out of his media availabilities, not necessarily the audio because it's yeah. it's all translation, and maybe something's getting lost in translation Entirely here. Possible, but I'm I'm telling you, the yeah I and and maybe it's just that the emotions are still raw from just a week ago, mm -hmm. and maybe time will heal all wounds. But I'm telling you that that game against the Dodgers in April, yeah, I I I, I will be. Because I'm in a professional capacity now. I, I don't boo a, a baseball game. But, yeah, like, I'll that be – if you're doing that, you will be – you will be vocalizing the feeling that I have roiling inside of my body over this player in this situation. You know, I know you're not supposed to be the story. I think you could get away with booing uh, on that day. I don't think anyone's going to come take your uh, Big J Journal card from you there if you, if you want to boo Otani. I also think the reason – and this is – you know, I'm not – I'm not as raw. I'm not as spurned by it. But I also think part of the reason why it's turned for me is that until further notice, until proven different, he's he's just a baseball player now. Mm. Like the thing, the reason he's special, like, you know, Shohei Otani's putting up very impressive offensive seasons, but it's nothing that we've never seen the no. likes of. That like we've seen guys like Barry Bonds, Ted Williams. Like, I mean, yeah, Aaron just, Judge just right, hit exactly. sixty home runs. Like, go through the list two years ago. We've yeah. seen these things, okay? But the whole reason he's special is because he can do the <laughs> other thing at a pretty elite level too. And he's not like I'm not. I'm not begrudging him for this. I understand the healing process of Tommy John or whatever the the procedure he claims that wasn't Tommy John. By the had. way, if you had a, a medical procedure, yeah. I don't care how complicated yeah. it is. Wouldn't you know the exact ins and outs of what the doctors are doing to your body? Because no. it's like, I don't know. No, you don't have I, to ask the doctor okay. no, I don't about think... what I had. I think it was different than the first Tommy John surgery. Again, like maybe I'm just, no, maybe I... this is sour grapes, but like everything he says just absolutely grates on me. Uh, I would think that Shohei Otani would have, you know, better understanding of his body than I do, but I know me. I'm very much just All like, right, okay. you're a bad example. I would know. I would if, if someone was going to cut me open yeah. and mess with my tendons, my livelihood. Yeah. 
I, I think I might know exactly specifically what that doctor's doing, despite not having a medical background. Okay. The idea that Shoya Tani's like, well, I don't know. They just they, they just knocked me out, and then I woke up, and my, my arm hurt a little bit, and you'd have to ask the doctor, oh, I'm, is Dr. Neil Elitrash going to be made available to us? I doubt it. Yeah, that was the that was the th that part of it was the part that rubbed me was oh you have to ask my doctor about that which surely was never going to happen so yeah that again it's skirting responsibility of trying like oh my my hands are tied here I can't do anything about this uh, what what can I say I don't know whatever you want they just gave you I know not but seven hundred million dollars you could say mm -hmm. whatever you want so I think the, if there is a reason that there's a worm turning of course the Jays stuff in this market specifically will always always play mm -hmm. a part of that. If there is a greater worm turning kind of across baseball yeah. where he becomes this heel is that figure, happening? I don't I don't know that it's happening, but if it does, I think it will be just as much that he is again, quote unquote, just a baseball player and not that he spurned people and he went there will be some element of joining the super team and being that. But I there's also but there's also going to be people who go, uh, oh, well, hold on. I'm the he gets seventy million dollars again, not really forty three or two bucks or however you want to you know make the math work in your head. But the whole thing that makes him special, he will not be doing this year. And I think there are going to be people that go, okay, like talk to me when he's special again. To like, we've seen great baseball players before, and we're not having cut-ins for their at bats mm. unless they're doing the other thing too. Like Aaron Judge, yeah, when he got to sixty, we're doing that. But we weren't doing it to see Aaron Judge hit 50 homers or something. You know, in New York, that's an exciting thing. It's a storyline. But I think that's going to be a big, big part of the worm-turning element of it as well, is that he doesn't do the pitch. I think the super team thing has a, has a pretty outsized impact as well. That The Dodgers are turning themselves into what the Yankees used to be, right? Like mm -hmm. They're the evil empire where it's like, oh, well, they just get everybody, right? Yeah. Oh, well, how is this fair? And, and gotta say, it doesn't always work out, mm -hmm. right? And the Mets were well on their way to being this team last offseason, didn't even make the playoffs. Didn't even sniff the playoffs or shipping players off like well before the, the trade deadline last year. I And maybe I'm too close to it to, to no, understand I think, exactly. I, I don't think you're off base. I don't think exactly I, where it is. I, I will say at least like the, this guy went from a universally beloved player mm -hmm. to <laughs> definitely not in the universe of baseball fans, this small pocket of them, you know, more than 30 million strong in the country of Canada, probably a little bit out on Shohei Otani, yeah, if I, I think had to they're guess. Good. I think they're good. Yeah. Uh, Giants fans probably also out. <laughs> All right. All right. When we come back, um, Brandon Stelly's going to be out. Like, I, I don't, like, I guess you can wait until the end of the season. Might as well fire him now. Fire him today. Right? He's out. He lost his quarterback. He stinks. That team stinks. Look at you spending other people's money. He, I, I love to do it. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Week 15, the NFL season with Charles Davis uh, next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.